Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. You're probably aware that the church membership has been declining in the UK in recent years. To quote church statistician Peter Briley, Church membership in the UK declined 5% between 2008 and 2013. A broadly similar rate of decline is expected between 2013 and 2020, and thus continues the general trend over the last 60 years. End of quote. There are some encouraging signs of church growth in recent years, especially amongst Pentecostal denominations and immigrant communities, but it's clear that many churches are stagnating or declining. To discuss how you can ensure that your church is not part of these statistics, I'm joined this week by Deaconess Madge Obesaki of Grow Your Church Now. So welcome, Madge, oh, to the leadership form. Thank you form. so much. Thank so, you. so your journey to faith, first of all, Madge. Mm. So messy because I was, uh, like my siblings, was forced to attend a local church and they discovered that I could sing. I was quite a high, high soprano at the time. And they wanted me to be in the choir, so I was. And it was fine while we're inside the four walls, but outside it, I didn't really feel the love at all. And uh, when I could uh, summon up the courage, I left because, and I say courage because my parents were particularly strict. So they, um, uh, they weren't too pleased, but I left and I didn't go back to the church until I was 30 years old. And uh, what led me back to the church was an issue, uh, the way most people experience things. And I was looking for God to solve this issue, married by then and really wanted to solve this issue. And I ended up in uh, another local church, quite vibrant. And uh, I remember a sermon which kept being drummed into our ears, you know, talked about our gift making a way for us. So I felt that that was the thing I needed to do for God to help me. So <laughs> I used my gifting and I had a lot of gifting and it was discovered quite early on. And so a lot of demands were made from me. And what I noticed was that after a while, most of my week was taking up with, you know, laboring in the vineyard. And it, it did have an impact. In fact, the impact was so dramatic that because of the demands I burnt out. Wow. Uh, I know a lot of ministers listening will actually relate to this. So it took me nearly two years to go back to any church. Right, right. And when I did, um, again, that that message was quite strong, you know, mm. you've got to labour in the vineyard and and so I did. Um, and it was discovered that I had this gifting mm. and the demands were made and I didn't say no and it got too much and the, sec the second time it, I burnt out again. Mm. But this time it was different because mentally I thought this shouldn't really be happening but mm. you know the harvest is full mm. but the labourers are few mm. and that's what we're seeing with the church in the 21st century, um, the imbalance. Um, partly why we have set up Grow Your Church Now to look at those issues, 
and the planning around them. And you were working HR at this time? Um, so, that yes. That's your career? Yeah, so I'm a human resource um, major, but my specialism is training and organisational development. I had a really good career. I was a consultant at one point, project manager. I did some recruitment as well. So I had really good overall knowledge. Earning very well, thank you very much. Mm. But then God took it all away from me um, and asked me to work in his vineyard. And I resisted it. And um, I was shown a few lessons during that resistance period. Mm. But here I am now um, using all those skills from the secular realm mm. to impact the body of Christ. Sure. Um, and when you use the, the language of church growth, you know, your organization's called Grow Your Church now, the growth is, is both numerical but also spiritual, yes? It has to, mm. that, you know, physical and spiritual must work together. Mm. And, you know, having lots of people in a church doesn't mean the church has grown. Mm. I know churches that have over a thousand people turning up on a Sunday. But if you ask those people individually um, about the things of God, about the word of God, um, and basic theology, they would not understand. Perhaps their deliverance ministries, perhaps they're concentrated on the prophetic. And you know, we we talk um, we talk in some circles about uh, microwave faith. People want answers now, yeah. uh, but it doesn't come with you know personal growth and discipleship, which is where I think some of the imbalances have come mm. in in ministry and churches. So you um you're doing training and organisational development. So yes. the kind of what kind of things are you doing with churches? Okay, so um, a church, for instance, I'm working. I've been working with a particular church for the last six months, and when they first came to me, they told me about some of the issues they were having. They actually have quite a lot of millennials. Unusual, but they have a lot of millennials in the church. Maybe Generation X. So people that are in their sort of um, 35 downwards that really need um, uh, bringing up as as leaders so they wanted to address that they also wanted to address um, numerical growth so we talked about evangelism which is I think widely ignored and so I did I sat in one of their church services observed and then wrote a report which I shared with them. I looked at the local demographics as well um, to see what opportunities they might be missing. For instance, there were local languages, um, so there were local communities that they weren't reaching out to. And then linking them with a partner that we work with um, as far as evangelism is concerned, but also delivering training in-house for those people that had the leadership potential. Because, you know, things rise and fall, as John Maxwell says, on good or bad leadership. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the senior pastors of an age where they need to be passing the baton on anyway. Um, so we have been working with them for, as I said, six months. We've also uh, delivered a course around emerging leaders. We've done conflict management because when leaders rise up, mm. sometimes the conflict rises as well, even in church, sure. especially in church. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And we've also uh, done things like seminars uh, and we're about to do some webinars as well. Um, on Friday last week, we did a church growth seminar 
and it addressed some of the issues that go on in church that make it challenging on a practical level. Mm-hmm. So just promoting the church, finances, and of course, strategic planning as well, all of which we cover. Yeah. And, and the kind of responses that churches have, because um, you know, some would are quite nervous of having an outsider coming in and they're kind of wondering what they're going to spot and and the you know leaders can be a bit intimidated so how how are people responding to what you're doing well i i i can understand that because you know um you have to have a relationship first with somebody and um so as somebody that's very approachable uh it's it's it should be reassuring for them to know Mm. that we're not there to criticize what we're there to do is to help um, and we have had people phoning up and saying, well, you know, supposing I haven't got this right, I haven't got... That's the whole point of having an initial consultancy yep. to find out what we can do about it. And and it's also very helpful for somebody from the outside looking in, mm. that they're almost like a mirror, and you can see what that person can't see. Um, so I wouldn't be wary about it because it's a it's a painless process. Normally, I or a colleague will just sit in the congregation and just observe and we'll go away, write our report with recommendations and then discuss it with a senior pastor mm-hmm. who will then uh, make uh, arrangements to speak to their leadership team about what they can do. And then we will go in and deliver the training if they want us to or they might find other methods to... So it's a very flexible system, and it's nothing to fear, really. Mm-hmm. And um, as you've been interacting with churches, you've been doing this a few years? Yeah, it's a couple of years now, yeah. Grow Your Church now. Have have, um, have things come across your path, or you become aware of things as you've been working with churches that have changed your views at all as time's gone on? Well, because I came from quite a formal Mm. uh, human resources background, very systems driven Mm. and very corporate, came from really corporate, Mm. uh, very large companies, multinationals. Um, I brought some of that with me. um, But I've had to really adapt because a lot of local churches are not like that. Mm. Uh, They may never be like that or they have the potential to uh, be a bit more corporate, but then you lose that relationship right. thing. So I've had to look at um, uh, really honing in on what the Word of God says concerning, for instance, Luke fourteen twenty eight talks about building a tower. If you build a tower, but you don't consider the cost, mm. Um, it says, you know, that people might laugh at you. Um, okay, well, that might be taking it too far in this day and age. But actually, there's a point to that. The planning and the organisation are a real issue in many of the churches. And there's a, a bit of a reaction rather than looking at it in a proactive way. So um, I have had to really look at the spiritual and marry it with the physical um, so that's the way I've adapted over over the years. Whereas I know at first I was really looking more at the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and typically, um, you you take the church as it is. I mean, you're not you're not trying to um, impose a particular set of principles, or does it depend on on how what you find when you get there? You can never do that. You can mm. never impose anything. Mm. Each church 
um, even if they're on the same road, has a completely different DNA. Yeah, yeah. You can't interfere with DNA um, in in the natural. So, mm. you know, you really can't do that. What you have to do is to work with what you've got. You've got a leader there. I really like working with the leaders first mm. because they influence everything that happens sure. afterwards. So it's all about what they have at the moment. It could be culture. It could be languages. It could be socio-economic issues um, in terms of, you know, are they coming from areas that have social housing or are they a bit more affluent? So we have to work with what you've got mm. and adapt to that. So everything that we do is tailored to a specific church or as I like calling it, a specific branch because we're the branch of the body of Christ. Sure, sure. We're listening to The Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined by Deaconess Madge, and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Deaconess Madge Obisaki. She's uh, head of uh, Grow Your Church Now, and we're talking about, uh, as you might imagine, uh, church growth and how her journey to uh, well to faith and back to faith, um, having had a uh, kind of a, a, a struggling start in terms of burnout and what kind of uh, God's brought her through and in using her her skills and gifts in uh, in HR particularly uh, in in the work that she does with with local churches. So um, what, some people as they uh, look at church growth, uh, Madge, um, say, well, you're best, best trying to grow churches amongst the kind of people that you yourself are. So if you're, you know, if you're middle class church, you reach middle class. If you're, you know, working class, you reach working class. You're black majority, you reach, you know, black majority people. What, 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 how do you feel about that kind of kind of suggestion interesting question <laughs> we're the body of christ yeah what i have noticed and mm. i've been studying millennials quite mm. a lot recently because there's a lot of worry around who's going to take the baton up yeah yep. millennials mix with all sorts of people I, mm. i've noticed it myself there's a lot more acceptance about people mm. from different backgrounds they speak differently they dress differently mm. they react and act differently they come from middle class or working class backgrounds and there's a lot more mixing what i found is i'm from the baby boomer um mm. era you know that the baby boomers are the ones that po possibly put some of the stops on what I would f would say, let's do that again, because I'm waffling. Sure, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me just... Because uh, I'm making a point, but I'm going off it as well. Right. I know okay. I'm making a really good point here. Yeah. So, so um, Madge, when, uh, church growth experts um, talk in terms of of what they call the hom homogeneous growth principle. In other words, you know, working class reach working class, whites reach white, we reach whites, Asians reach Asians, blacks reach blacks, and all that kind of stuff. Because because we we struggle to go across the boundaries, and people feel going to feel more warm to us, towards us if they are like us. What what do you make of that as you as you view the church scene? Well, that's not untrue. Um, however, there we are the body of Christ. And there are churches that have successfully managed to break those boundaries, but it has to be deliberate. We serve a deliberate God and it really has to be deliberate. I've been looking at millennials, for instance, and they tend to um, break those boundaries naturally. I don't think they even think about it. You know, whether you're black, white, Asian, um, rich, poor, 
there seems to not be that there seems to be a blurred um, approach to it so what we have to do as ministries and ministries and churches are different so whether you're a ministry whether you're a church um, whether you're in a rich or a poor area you need to look at who are your real local community whether they're from um, the, uh, uh, an eth- a specific ethnicity whether they are rich poor black white whatever the case is and look at what are the needs of that community because there's you know even in, in an affluent area you will get a mix of people and they'll be from different areas and in the same way in a working class area you will get the same you've got new immigrants for instance how are we serving them yeah. so it's looking at i mean i was working with a church recently in fact i i went to do a consultancy I call it a consultancy. We sit in the service, as I said earlier, and just watch. And I did some research in that local area to find out who they could potentially reach. And we found out there are new immigrants in the area that they does, it's not represented in the church. What about running two different types of services, as some of the larger churches are doing, mm. I've noticed? What about um, running it in their language, in their local language or dialect, for instance, but having the similar template? That would work. Um, so I think churches have to be deliberate. I, I agree with you that to a certain extent we might um, uh, stick to what we know <laughs> and, and feel comfortable in that. But I was talking to um, a vicar's wife the other day as I was going along on the train. And I said, oh, where do you live? And she lives in Somerset. And I said, so what, what's, uh, you know, what, what, what's the demographics in your area? And I was shocked to find that, you know, uh, the average age of um, their congregants is something like 70 years old. And I said, are there any young people? And she said, really, no. And the Sunday school's dying out and everything. Now, could that be as part of the fact that we're actually just relating to ourselves rather than looking out wider? Um, So it's a big question and it's a really interesting one. But I I think that churches have to be a bit more deliberate. Mm. And that's where strategy and planning comes in and where we can help. No, I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. I think I I understand the homogeneous growth principle, but I think... Mm. I think the gospel is is for everyone, and mm. and we need to be prepared to mm. to be incarnated into all sorts of yeah. areas, don't we? And um, we have to build up the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so to talk a little bit about about staff, um, and and particularly the the giftings of of leaders. Um, I'm just some people say, well, if you're thinking in terms of church growth, you really need someone gifted as an evangelist, and everything kind of flows from that. Is that the sort of thinking that you'd have or no no? okay (laughs) you can't just depend in fact apostle paul says Mm. we all need to do the work of an evangelist it's not yes we have gifted people who are passionate evangelists and that's that's a gift and an advantage but actually the evangelism should be embedded in the culture of the church from the little children um, right up to the top leaders. Everybody should be doing the work, but it takes training. And I believe evangelism does need some training. 
you've got apologetics, for instance, and theology. I'm not saying that people who um, have just given their lives to Christ uh, can't benefit um, from, you know, going out there. In fact, they're more passionate usually because mm, no, sure. it's a first love. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think we are so, in some of our, our churches or branches, as I call them, we're so dependent on, oh, we haven't got an evangelist, so we can't do an evangelism. I have actually heard mm. leaders saying that. But I think they need to change their mindset about that because it's all about all of us going out there and evangelizing. Now, we could do that in our workplace. We we don't have to. Um, we don't. We we shouldn't be going to people to evangelize just to get them into our churches. We should be spreading the good news and 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 at least planting a seed anyway. Mm. And we can do that in lots of ways. I know Premier is doing something online at the moment um, and reaching out to people that way. Uh, but you can do evangelism in so many creative mm. ways. It's not just down to your evangelists in your church and if you haven't got one it doesn't happen which is what's happening with a lot mm. of the ministries and by the way evangelism is only one part of church growth but it is an important part sure sure yeah, yeah. so um time's almost defeated us madge but we're mm. gonna um i want to give details to folk who want to get in touch maybe mm. listeners are thinking hang on we could use we could use someone like yourself to come sure. in as a consultant or to you know to observe what we do. Here. Sure. What what would be the what are the sort of things that you you offer for, yeah. for local churches? So the uh, first thing is consultancy. Mm. Um, it might be that they already know what problems they've got. Mm. So and they, I for instance, I had the church leaders. I said, um, ask me about looking about their leadership. Actually, he said strong leadership and legacy that was the criteria he laid and I actually wrote a specific course um, or a workshop for them. Um, we also do things like emerging leaders, strategic planning, so looking at the, all their systems, getting all the leaders together and I would normally go in and facilitate that and just draw out uh, what needs drawing out. Even simple things like vision and mission People get those so confused. Um, and if you haven't got your vision right, and if the mission isn't aligning with it, then it's no wonder that the growth doesn't happen because you're concentrating on all the wrong things. So there are lots of workshops that we do, lots of courses. We even do an Usher course, believe it or not, mm. because they're the, they're the shop point. window. Absolutely, first point of connection, <laughs> exactly. aren't they? Get um, that wrong and people are gone. <laughs> well, I've seen that. I've seen where people have walked into the church yeah. and I've literally observed from afar. Yeah. And the, 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 the Usher hasn't got a clue about customers service mm -hmm. or anything else and they've literally chased them out the church yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's uh i've i've <laughs> i said to say that i've i've met some church leaders who've got their their welcoming type who's a bit effusive and a bit over the top absolutely and, and people kind yeah. of try and avoid them so <laughs> overzealous overzealous so yeah so you, you have a website presumably we have www.growyourchurchnow and that word now is very important.com because we've got to grow the church now Right now, so grow your church now. And uh, your name is uh, Deaconess Madge Obesaki. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not great at pronouncing your surname. I apologise. <laughs> no, but just for funny. for listeners, it's O B A S E K I. I yes, right. O B A S E K I or Madge. If if you 
feeling um, not so brave. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing with us. And thank you, uh, thank you li- for listening. Uh, if you're in a, in a stage where, you know, you know that you could use uh, someone like Madge, then why not give her uh, a call, get in touch and um, invite her along. And, uh, you know, I've just spent some time with her. She's really not frightening. <laughs> so, so you can, um, yeah, it'll be a real blessing for you f- to do that. Oh, bless you. So um, do listen to archives of The Leadership Fire. You just go to Premier's website and there's an on-demand section. And also you can go to iTunes and uh, download The Leadership File and uh, subscribe and then get The uh, Leadership File to your listening device as you can listen it if you miss the, the Sunday show. So I look forward to your your company again next Sunday at 3.30. This is Andy Peck uh, signing off, wishing you uh, God's blessing uh, wherever you lead. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. 